You are listening to the Canadian Immigration Podcast, Episode 70. With Citizenship and Immigration Canada making it increasingly difficult to speak to an officer, there are a few places to turn for information that can be relied upon. The Canadian Immigration Podcast was created to fill this void by offering the latest information on Canadian law, policy, and practice. Please welcome ex-immigration officer and Canadian immigration lawyer, Mark Holthy. As he answers a wide variety of immigration questions and shares practical tips and guidance to help you along your way. Well, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Canadian Immigration Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Holthy, coming to you from the beautiful province, as always, of Alberta, Canada. Well, today wasn't so beautiful in the lovely province of Alberta, particularly in the southern part. It has been howling wind today, and I'll be honest, it has been pretty draining. It sucks the life out of me when the wind's blowing like a cyclone. And it's just been howling outside my office. And I guess this is typically what we experience the latter part of October as we're closing in on Halloween. Now, it's going to be interesting. I've got my daughter back from her mission. And traditionally, her and my other son, who's still out in Suriname serving his mission, they always had an annual Halloween party. And uh, I haven't quite confirmed 100% that it's a go, but I'm pretty sure it is. So what does the Halloween party mean for the Holthy family? Well, how do you describe it? Um, I have no clue how many kids are actually coming over. Now, because we're a fine Mormon family, there isn't any alcohol or any crazy drugs or anything else going on. It's a pretty tame party for university-age kids, at least as it goes from that standpoint. But it is full of food. It's full of kids. It's full of shoes. It's full of coats. And uh, I think I need to actually take a picture maybe one of these times. And uh, if you tune in to my Canadian Immigration Institute on Tuesdays at noon, I do a live Q&A on express entry uh, and other immigration topics. And every once in a while, I'll show some pictures. So if you're daring enough to go jump on at noon and watch what this crazy lawyer is doing, uh, I usually show pictures of the latest crazy things my family's doing. And uh, I'll have to show the stack of shoes in our entryway when these kids come over. It's actually quite hilarious. So when they do, my wife and I, we basically kind of retreat to our bedroom, find a nice movie to watch, and uh, yeah, just lay low. So anyways, that's what we're facing here, this lovely uh, Halloween season as it closes in. Um, But it's been overall, it's been pretty awesome since she's been home, I'll be honest. Well, I hope you guys liked the previous episode that Ravi Jane and I did on the you know, future of immigration post-election 2019. Yeah, some of it may come true. You know, there was a lot of uh, prognosticating and uh, who knows what's going to happen. You know, it seems like more often than us, uh, more often than not, us immigration lawyers spend our time trying to react to whatever crazy new thing that's uh, been announced by the government. And I shouldn't say crazy. There's been a lot of really good things that have happened. But some of them are pretty crazy, like this caregiver program, which will be the next episode that I release. And uh, I've got a, a fine uh, young lawyer from Quebec that's going to join me and um, and talk about this new caregiver program and how it works. So tune in for the next episode for that. But today, 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 I am super excited to announce 
wait a minute, I'm not going to announce it because I did the announcement in the interview I just finished with Rekha McNutt, who's my good friend, uh, immigration lawyer in Calgary with Karen and Partners. She is joining me today to talk about an amazing new launch of this cool thing that we've got going on. And in all honesty, I don't know why I'm making it so suspenseful. I have to do the title for this podcast episode. <laughs> and the podcast episode is probably going, the, the title of it is probably going to give it away anyways, but whatever, I will let it go. And uh, let's jump to that interview that I just finished here on October the 25th with Rekha McNutt. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back here. I have a special, special guest that um, has not been to join me on the Canadian Immigration Podcast for a very long time. And we were going back uh, looking to see how long it had actually been. But uh, my guest today, Rekha McNutt, has not... It's been over three years. June 1st, 2016 is when the last time Rekha came on to join me to do one of these uh, little interviews for my Canadian Immigration Podcast. Can you believe it's been that long, Rekha? I can't, Mark. I can't believe it's been three years. Um, time's... Sh- really flying by and I'm not surprised, but I am surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I know, you know, and over the last while, that first year, 2016, I really pumped out a ton of episodes and then it kind of trickled a little bit after that because of all the other stuff I've had going on, but I've been reinvigorated to get these out and, uh, the topic that Rekha, um, she was so so kind to share her experience and knowledge with was judicial reviews, which I can tell you probably even more so than now than in 2016, they are becoming a very, very important part of this world of immigration. And the good thing for all of you who are tuning in, even though it was released back on June the 1st, 2016, it is still evergreen. It is still good. And uh, the information in there is super valuable. And so I want to turn you back to episode season one, episode 18. So Rick, it was the 18th. Yeah. I've I've, I've gone away from the episodes, but you can pretty much go. uh, I've gone away from the seasons now because I realized it was just too much of a headache to figure out when one season ended and another started. (laughs) But, um, but episode 18 is probably what it will be on iTunes, but you can also go to the Canadian Immigration Institute Uh, Canadian Immigration Podcast site and you can access it there and when you go there uh, click on it open it up and in the show notes um, Rick has actually provided some really good resource material so in there we have um, uh, the judicial reviews to the federal court and uh, a federal court flowchart so I want to point everyone back to that and uh, as I've indicated in many of my podcasts previously the guests that I invite on there's a reason I do and that's because they are awesome at what they do and uh, they're they're leaders in our field of immigration and someone I would not hesitate to recommend you reach out to so before we get into what our topic is today um, just a little plug for Reka that you need if you got a judicial review something that you need taken care of she is the person to to go to all right. So, Rick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Remind our, our listeners, where are you practicing and, and uh, what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm at a law firm in Calgary called Karen and Partners, and I've been here for a long time now. I joined in 2006. Um, I litigated very briefly in, in our general litigation department, and, and I hated my life. So <laughs> <laughs> the mysterious ways of Canadian immigration found me. Um, the firm actually has been quite well known 
for um, our our lawyers with knowledge in immigration, mm -hmm. and uh, so it was by chance that I got uh, to working with some of and you some can very name them. Go ahead. They they yeah, are they were super influential in when I started immigration as well. So I have a ton of respect for them. So yeah. go ahead and share who they are. They are Peter Wong and Jean Mun, and they were, pro I mean, when immigration started in Calgary, it was probably them and maybe a couple of other people doing this. And yeah. so they've been doing this for 20, 25 years. Yes. And so I just ended up by chance at the perfect place to learn this this area of law that I didn't even know was an area of law. And it just really suits me. Yes. It's, um, you know, it's I still litigate quite a bit, but just in this little world of immigration mm -hmm. and federal court and hearings and so on. But it, it's been it's been a great. Uh, what is it now? Thirteen years of just doing immigration, and and hopefully a little bit longer. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we might be old, Reka, but um, I know, we're, we're, we're both um, we're both 2014 law grads, right? I think, yeah. or sorry, 2004. Oh my goodness, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> 2004 <laughs> grads and 2005 calls. So you know, even though we've been around a little bit, the, the, I think we've got a few more years left. <laughs> I, so, I, I don't think we can avoid it. My children insist on eating. <laughs> I know exactly. I, I uh huh. Yes, yes. They and they the bigger they get, the more they eat, and the more expensive they are. So I uh, yeah, I understand one hundred percent. All right. So with all of this lead in and everything that we're doing, um, Rake and I were sitting down just talking a little bit about what we could talk about, and uh, one of the things we hadn't covered. Um, was appeals, um, immigration appeals. And I hadn't actually had another guest on to talk about it. And as we started to think about the various topics that would, uh, that would arise through this whole concept of, of immigration appeals, um, we decided to do something that I'm really excited to announce right now, which is our immigration hearings and appeals series. So because there's just too much to cover adequately in one episode, we're going to break it down into little pieces and we're going to do individual episodes that are really, really practical based that are going to be super useful from not only the, the individual applicant understanding kind of how things work, but from all of our, you know, the perspective of, of new immigration lawyers and us mid you know, midterm, I guess, um, uh, middle age, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, lawyers, <laughs> and even some tips and tricks for the uh, for the old timers out there too. So um, maybe, without further ado, maybe Reka, you can just talk about some of these divisions that we're going to be covering. Absolutely. So, yeah. So what started off as an IAD or Immigration Appeal Division is going to turn into something much broader, and we're going to talk about something called the Immigration and Refugee Board of Canada, and this is the main. Uh, board that's been set up to deal with really any immigration related matters um, happening in Canada. So there's four different boards to the Immigration Refugee Board, the IRB. And the first one is called the Immigration Division, ID. Um, and I'll just name them all and then I'll tell you a little bit more about sure. them. So there's the Immigration Division, there's the Immigration Appeal Division, or IAD, there's the Refugee Protection Division, RPD, and the Refugee Appeal Division, RAD. And so each of these divisions has 
its own separate job and and what kinds of things it deals with. Um, and a lot of the times they're tied into one another. So you might start off with one and end up at another. Sometimes you only go to one board, but it really, really varies depending on what the circumstances are. So as we go through this series, I think ideally what we're going to talk about um, is within each of those divisions, what what jurisdiction that division has, what kinds of matters does that division hear, and what happens at the end of the hearing of that division and, and the consequences for the person who's gone through that process. That sounds and, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I think um, as as we as we talk about these various divisions, I know that uh, there's certain things like you, you hinted to. Uh, you know, each division has their own jurisdiction, and so and I didn't mean to kind of cut you off. Maybe this is where you're leading into it, but maybe for our listeners, we can just give them a very very high level of the kinds of things when they go south. You know, when we have an application uh-huh. or an immigration matter. And things just do not go well, which seems like more and more today we're experiencing it. Um, often the next question we ask is, okay, well, where do we go for redress? So, um, you know, and if you've got something else that I kind of skipped past, we'll, we'll pull that back in in a little bit. But let's start with the, Im- the immigration division. So, so what sure. kind of things does the immigration division deal with? So the immigration division uh, basically deals with two different kinds of things. One is something called detention reviews, and that's when somebody gets put into detention, immigration detention, and they have to go and convince the immigration division that they should be let out on terms and conditions. So that's one kind of thing the ID deals with. The other is admissibility hearing. So if uh, if immigration is trying to get rid of somebody from Canada and they've written them up for for some reason or other, they're trying to pursue a removal order saying they're inadmissible to Canada. So then in certain circumstances, such person has um, a hearing right before the immigration division. So those are the two main areas that the ID uh, uh, covers. Perfect. And you know what? I was thinking just this morning, I had this consult with a client. He was a Canadian citizen whose dear friend and um, renovator of his house, who was from a different country, um, on his third entry, amazingly enough, was stopped by the border officers and given an exclusion order for unauthorized work Uh because he was coming to Vancouver and on the island helping him do a few renovations in his house and getting paid for that. Right. And, And this Canadian came to me and said... Okay, this guy got re- you know removed from Canada and and you know can't apply to come back for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens if I go? Like, can can they detain me now because my name's associated with them? And <laughs> and he was asking all kinds of questions. And one of the important ones, which I'm really excited to talk to you about with respect to detention reviews, is how long can they actually hold you? You know, what are the circumstances around whether or not uh, you know they they're going to release you? And so those uh, so he asked a lot of those questions and I was able to reassure him, well, it's really unlikely that they're going to hunt you down, my friend, and and, uh, (laughs) or detain you at the airport. Uh, (laughs) You know, you're not going to get thrown in immigration jail. And so it was quite a fun conversation. But, uh, yeah, he definitely realized that he probably shouldn't have been doing what he was doing. And now his friend ain't coming to visit him for a while. So That's anyways. Right. And, and, and you raise an interesting question about, you know, when you come at the border and you face a removal order, um, you th- it, there's a whole different ballgame there as to whether you have a path to the immigration division or what jurisdiction the port of entry officers have and so on. But yeah, absolutely. Those are definitely things that we can talk about um, during the immigration division topic. 
Awesome. Okay, let's shift to the next division, the Immigration Appeal Division. What's what 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 does that look at? So under the IAD, we'll probably structure this as two separate paths. One's going to be a sponsorship path. And so these are going to be appeals for when you're trying to sponsor as a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident, you're trying to sponsor a family member. And that's going to mainly consist of spouses and common law partners in one on one side and parents and grandparents on the other side. And oftentimes, I shouldn't say oftentimes, many times those applications get refused by visa offices abroad. And the way to deal with those refusals most often is to go to the IAD um, and try to get them to overturn that refusal. So the sponsorship path is one one that we're going to talk about. And then the next path we're going to talk about are those that um, are in the removals world. So removal order appeals. And generally speaking, what we're looking at under that world are people facing removals for criminality, for misrepresentation uh, or uh, not meeting their residency obligation as permanent residents. So those are sort of the three main areas um, for removal order appeals. Gotcha. So that'll be our IAD topic. That'll, that might be a few separate topics all on its own. Well, yeah. And as you're talking, I, you know, I, traditionally I have not done a lot of immigration appeal work. I usually refer it to you. And, <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing how infused it is through all of the types of immigration services I provide to my clients. So mm-hmm. I just recently got final confirmation from one of uh, my, my corporate clients, um, Mexican candidates, I guess I should say, to come in under, uh, under NAFTA. Yeah. He did not disclose a prior U.S. refusal on a work permit when he was going through the airport in Mexico City. Didn't tell us. And so he promptly got his ETA, his electronic travel authorization, refused. Mm. And Okay, and that's fine. But there was no indication that there was a finding of misrep. It just basically said, uh, sorry, you're not getting it approved. So we went through whatever mechanism we could, as creative as we could, to try and seek reconsideration, explain the importance of this person to the company, all those kinds of things. And after me hearing nothing, I was informed today that, lo and behold, the foreign national had an interview at the embassy and to deal with it, which I'd never heard of before. And promptly thereafter was informed that, no, the second one we'd applied for was refused. And to top it off, don't bother thinking about applying for another six months. Well, what the heck is that? Like a misrep <laughs> is five years. So what? You just arbitrarily say, well, no, we're not want to look at it again for six months. So go away and you go sit in the corner and uh, put your head down and feel bad about not you know, feel right. You know, feel feel the shame of of not adequately think about disclosing. what you just did. Exactly, <laughs> and then we'll we'll talk about this in six months, right? And so, realistically, okay, well, where do you go from there? Like, what is that? So, yeah. it's immigration's version of a timeout. You apparently, give toddlers <laughs> apparently. So yeah, so this is going to be awesome. You you listeners are going to love this. This is going to be really super practical and and super fun. Okay, I think we've got the IED covered. So let's shift to the third one, which is the Refugee Protection Division. Right. So the Refugee Protection Division um, is going to be important for anyone who's looking to make a refugee claim in Canada. And what this topic is really important for people to listen to because I often find myself dealing with clients who come in for consults who have already started this process. And once you go down the path of making a refugee claim, you foreclose yourself to a lot of other options that might have been available to you. And so before going down the path of, should I make a refugee claim, it's really important to understand whether 
that's the appropriate thing for you to do because once you do it there's no going back and there's a lot of consequences but if you Re- can't succeed but but reka it's such an awesome process you you <laughs> show up on the border you know or, or cross wherever you can get through and you're given an open work permit um you're given health coverage i believe uh-huh. is out there still and it's glorious you get a job you send money back to your family uh, and you also uh, get a removal until order. it comes to an end, <laughs> <laughs> and you can be deported very quickly after a failed claim. You can't get a an, any other kind of work permit. Good luck on ever coming back to Canada on a temporary visa. So there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with uh, people not understanding, and a lot of the times it's it's not even people who want to economically immigrate and are trying to jump the queue, if you want to use that phrase. It's people who who come from very terrible places, yes. but that doesn't make them a refugee. And and the concept, the, the definition of a convention refugee is very very technical, and it, it's not surprising that people who don't practice in this area, a, a layperson would understand that. It's 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 impossible to know what a refugee is unless you do this kind of law. So I think it will be helpful for people to understand um, how difficult it is to prove that you're a refugee and to get and succeed on an application before going down the path of doing it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's really sound advice. And uh, Rick and I were both talking about the fact that we need to pull in probably a third person who, who does, you know, that type of, uh, that type of immigration law, that refugee law, um, you know, a lot of it. And so we're going to put our heads together and figure out who this, this mysterious, uh, third guest (laughs) may be that can come and talk about this process. So I've got some, some ideas. We're going to leave you hanging on that, but we're going to pull in someone else as well as a guest to add insight on that area. In addition to what, uh, what Rick is able to offer. For sure. And we've got one more. We do. The final and fourth piece, at least with respect to the divisions, is the Refugee Appeal Division, the RAD. That's right. So the RAD, uh, the Refugee Appeal Division, as the name suggests, is where you go to appeal a negative refugee decision. But uh, not everybody gets to go to the RAD. And so the the RAD, if you go listen to the federal court um, chat that we did, the RAD is very much like the federal court in that it's an appeal on the record. So it's all paperwork. You put everything into writing. You put your legal arguments forward. Um, the RAD has a little bit more in terms of powers than the federal court does. It can replace the RPD's decision with another decision. So it's got a little more, um, uh, it's got a better ability to deal with decisions. But at the same time, it is paper-based for the for the for the most part and not everybody who goes and has a refugee hearing can go to the rad and that has a lot to do with where you came into canada where you made your claim um what country you come from things like that so um understanding the rad process is really important because you need to know whether that is where you need to go when your refugee claim fails or whether the proper place is the federal court so Mm. um, knowing that is very important because the timelines to the rad are very short 15 days after uh, a negative decision from the rpd you've got to start your rad process so there's not a lot of time so understanding whether that's uh, something that's open to you is very important. The other thing to mention is uh, deadlines in the refugee world are very important to know because until the last hearing happens, you're not going to be removed from Canada. So that removal risk starts 
at the end of these processes at certain points, or if you choose not to pursue those processes. So if you don't, if you have a right of appeal and you just choose not to pursue that right of appeal, then you need to understand that there's going to be um, risk at that point that you're now suddenly in the removals world and you can be removed from Canada fairly, fairly quickly if that's what CBSA wants to do. So knowing that process is going to be quite crucial as well. Awesome. This is going to be fantastic, Reka. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And, you know, there's a lot of areas within immigration that I've had lots of personal experience with. I've got stories, you know, to the nth end. I've got a practical, you know, situation and case scenario to address pretty much, you know, just a a vast array of immigration uh, topics. But this area of immigration appeals is not something that I've had a lot of a lot to deal with. So when I can get people like you to come on and kind of demystify the process, even for me and us that don't practice a lot in that area, or even the average person out there who is faced with, um, you know, some type of a refusal in an immigration context uh, to have this um, this resource and this little immigration hearings and appeals series that we're going to do here on the Canadian Immigration Podcast. I think people are going to love it. So, I think so, too. Maybe by the end of it, you'll do appeals. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> no, I'll just keep referring them to you. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's good. Well, well, this episode really was just designed to be an introduction to what's to come. And I think we have did a pretty good job at covering some of the high-level aspects to it. And uh, we've been able to whet the listeners' appetites a little bit. Um, I do want to extend an invitation to those who are listening to this episode. If there are particular aspects of any of this that you think would be good to incorporate within the the actual um, content that we're going to be creating for these individual episodes, we'd love to hear from you. So just reach out. You can send an email to mark at... Uh, CanadianImmigrationInstitute.com. That's probably the easiest way to kind of sort through all of this. I find that's easier than having it come directly to my firm uh, email because I can never keep track of everything. But yeah, if you just send it to mark at CanadianImmigrationInstitute.com, any suggestions or thoughts, uh, then we can um, uh, take those into consideration when we're deciding on the actual content of these episodes. That's a great idea. All right. Well, thank you so much, Reka. I really appreciate you you joining me for this and for what is sure to be a number of other ones that are going to be released here in the coming weeks and months as we work through this. Um, but thanks so much. And as we're recording this on a, a lovely Friday here, I want to wish you all the best this weekend and, and just, uh, yeah, say until we see you again next time. See you soon. I'm excited about this, Mark. All right. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye. Well, that was an awesome interview with Reka. I am so excited to do this series on immigration appeals. And uh, she's going to bring just so much practical advice and direction to all of you immigration lawyers and consultants out there and those who are just applicants who are captured by this crazy world of immigration and now need to explore avenues for trying to save something that's fallen off the rails. So I'm really looking forward to having Reka join me. And uh, the first one that we're actually going to do is going to be uh, Immigration Appeal Division, and uh, it's going to cover spousal sponsorships. And what you do when your spousal sponsorship 
is refused. And we're going to talk about the whole process. And I'm really looking forward to that one because it's about the only one that I personally have experience with when it comes to appeals. And I've done those in the past and fortunately they've been successful. But um, but yeah, to have someone on of Rekha's caliber is awesome. And I'm still in the process of, uh, like I indicated in the interview with Rekha, uh, inviting someone who's got a lot of experience on the refugee side to talk about the RPD and the RAD. So, Make sure you tune in and join me for that. I also am super excited to quietly announce to all of you Alberta Council who might be listening to this that our Alberta South section of the Canadian Bar Association, uh, I have recently been able to secure a date for the Minister of Immigration and Labor, Minister Jason Copping, who will be joining us on, I think it is January the 22nd. It's the third Wednesday in January, and I better get that date right. I'm going to pull this up here on my calendar, and yes, it's Wednesday the 22nd at the CBA offices in Calgary at noon, and he's going to talk about immigration. And you know, they just released the budget here in Alberta. We now have, or soon to have, $500 application fees for the AINP, which makes sense. You know, most of the other PNPs charge something for individuals who are accessing the system. So why would the Alberta Immigrant Nominee Program not do that? And I think it would amount to, I think, over, well, at least until 2022, 23, um, almost $18 million in revenue generated through those application fees. So it makes sense that they wouldn't just do it for free. But we are clearly in a much more fiscally responsible time frame here in the province of Alberta. And so we can look forward to those. Um, but no, I'm super excited to have the minister come. He's going to talk about some new uh, programs that the AINP is considering. I'm not going to get into those too much in this little outro of the podcast. But if you can make it, you're around. Come and join. And uh, the minister is quite an engaging uh, individual. He, uh, Minister Copping is a great speaker and um, he has a lot to share and he understands the immigration portfolio very well. So tune in for that. If you have an idea for an, uh, a topic that you'd like to come and join me to talk about on the Canadian Immigration Podcast, I would love to hear from you. And all you need to do is just send an email to mark at immig- canadianimmigrationinstitute.com. That's the best email address to hit me with. Um, and just let me know if you'd be interested and I'd love to have you join me. And in fact, that's exactly how the next guest that's going to be joining me to talk about the caregiver program, um, that's what happened for him. And he sent an email to me, said he had an interest, that he'd been listening to the podcast. And I thought, great, what a wonderful way to showcase one of our up and coming young lawyers who is practicing from the province of Quebec. So join me for that. Uh, as always, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. You can see that the podcasts are starting to come back. They're starting to be released. Now, all I have to figure out is how to feed my family and do the work that actually pays. <laughs> so so if you have anyone destined for Alberta, send them my way. It would be wonderful. I would love to represent them <laughs> because I definitely need a little bit more uh, intake of clients uh, given the fact I've been spending way too much way too much time doing this and uh, some of the other little adventures that I've uh, been frolicking in over the past, well, who am I kidding? Probably the last two years. Anyways, thanks for joining me today. And I hope that it was, um, whet your appetite a little bit for what is to come with our whole series on um, immigration 
hearings and appeals and all of the the divisions associated with that whole process. So tune in on the next one. We'll talk about caregivers and then we'll be diving into this awesome area of appeals. All right, guys, take care. I wish you all the best as you navigate this crazy world of Canadian immigration law policy and practice. Ciao. Canada, greatest country in the world. We want to share the richness of your soil. This place I Canadian Immigration Podcast.